Welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name is David Wheatley. We're here to talk leadership in small, bite-sized and practical chunks. Enjoy. So this episode is another episode from our first Friday work sessions. And if you've not come across them yet, pop to humanity.com and you'll see uh, in the resources section that you can sign up for our first Friday sessions. Happen the first Friday of every month from noon till one Eastern time. And they're usually a interactive work session where you get to meet some new people, engage with some folks that are uh, practicing leadership and hear something from our team as well. And uh, we record the section that our team presents, and this is that section from the November 1st Friday. And it's my colleague, Corey Fernandez, who's talking about uh, how we make meetings work. Thank you very much, and thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Um, We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day, your week, your month. Uh, We know you are busy and have other demands on your time, and I think the thing that I always find inspiring with being at this work, at this this session, this time of the month, um, is just this idea that leaders, the best leaders, are the best learners. And so, while we all have ranges of experience as leaders, you know, those that continue to dig in, those that continue to look for ways to be more effective, truly are the best learners. And so, I appreciate y'all making that commitment to learn, to learn from your peers, to hopefully take away something today that I share that can be really useful to you, especially around this important topic of meetings. And I'd love to see in the chat box just briefly, um, when you go back to that breakout question just a moment ago, are the quality of your meetings going up or down? I'd love to see y'all type either up or down in the chat, just so I can get a sense for what your experience is like over recent weeks, months, years. No matter where you're at today, whether you feel like things are kind of on a downslope or an upslope, I would just say that my aim is to try to throw out some things here that you can find useful to even improve things if they're going up or certainly to improve things if they are going down. And so that's kind of the way we're going to approach today's conversation. And the context for this, just to kind of set this up, is we've been doing kind of a series now since the spring that tries to kind of take some deep dives into parts of our book, What Great Teams Do Great. So this is an important guide for high-performing teams. And so in past months now, we've covered important topics like the setup box, so this is that this is that idea that we're setting up well around kind of the foundational things that teams hold, hold need to hold in front of them. Like, who are we? What do we need to achieve and why? What are our values and non-negotiables? Because when we answer those things in the setup box, it improves our planning, it improves our work, it improves our execution and so on. And so we fe- we featured that back in May. And so I actually did something on this and it's captured in our podcast episode 118. If you're interested in re- looking back at that episode or actually diving more into the setup box. And we've also focused on what the green path and the red path look like within high performing teams. And so how do we kind of get back to the green if we're in the red? How do we actually stay on the green path and make sure we're doing the work of resolving issues well, especially when things are intense or things are stressed and so on. So again, this is work that we've done recently and you can find that in podcast episode 123. Again, if you haven't been able to attend those earlier sessions or you wanna go back and kind of freshen up on some of this important work from what great teams do great. Today specifically, as we kind of move down kind of this spine, this kind of backbone of high-performing teams from the setup to plan work, 
to do work, we're going to focus on kind of this little topic in the middle around meetings and making meetings work. And what I want to do to set this up well is just to kind of share a little story and kind of Mimi tee this up earlier is at one point in my life, I did spend over 80 days in the backcountry in Chilean Patagonia. This was kind of our world for the most part. We kind of lived in a tent city. There were 16 of us that were considered students. And then we had four instructors that kind of helped us move through the wilderness at certain points. In fact, it was our aim to use these sea kayaks to actually travel to 16 remote beaches and cover over 200 miles of paddling. And so you can get a sense just from the pictures I'm showing, there's a lot of gear there, right? There's the boats themselves, and then there's certainly the life vests, and then all the food and the fuel that we needed to use, first aid and those types of things. And I wanted to bring this, this young man onto the screen here. This is John. This is our lead instructor. And I remember the first time we were actually kind of brought into our first remote beach of 16. And John made it very clear to say, inefficiency equals misery. Inefficiency equals misery. And what he was getting at is like, this is our first beach. And over time, we're going to learn some important skills. And if we don't get more efficient in feeding ourselves, in cleaning our wounds, and making sure we're hydrated, and setting up camp to so that we can be rested and do the work to make this trip go more effectively and smoothly, we're going to be up for a really hard, long journey. So inefficiency equals misery. It was one of the first things he kind of put out there for us. And so when I go back to this do work box, I kind of always have that in my head. Inefficiency equals misery. And if you think about it, we spend a lot of time in meetings. And when we're inefficient, it can make it really hard on our organizations, really hard on our teams. We're not getting the most out of our efforts. We're not getting the most out of our people. And so that kind of sets the stage for why this work, why this conversation or this continued push to make our meetings even more high quality than they are today is a really important piece for how we show up and how we lead. And so I'm going to kind of share three guiding thoughts here today. The first is picture meetings as our organization's kitchen. The second is meet only when necessary. That one might not be terribly new in concept, but I want to kind of put some fresh thinking on it today. Be intentional and inclusive, especially with this virtual and kind of hybrid world that we inherited. Um, it's important that we're intentional and inclusive. So I'll reinforce some important things that we continue to learn, especially when it comes to the world of meetings here. And first off, we'll start with this idea that we want to picture meetings as our organization's kitchens. And so the idea is whether we realize it or not, or if you think about a kitchen for a moment, kitchens, their work is to produce meals that feed organize, that feed families, right? That feed communities in some instances. Kitchens feed, you know, nutrition into families and communities and so on. And so the same idea kind of applies with meetings is that every meeting has an output. And whether we realize it or not, that output feeds our organization. It can feed our organization with engagement, it can feed our organization with decisions. It can feed our organization with the appropriate amount of coordination and motivation and energy to move things forward or opposite of that as well, right? It could feed our organization with less than engagement and so on. So all these things, every time we have a meeting, there's an output on the other end of that. And if we get a little bit deeper into this, kitchens very much are familiar with ingredients, recipes, and meals. The ingredients 
like the food that we use, the raw ingredients, the, the, the tools that are used to kind of shape the food are then applied in a recipe. And that recipe then converts that set of ingredients into an output, a meal. No different than in the meeting setting, right? We actually use inputs. This is pre-work oftentimes. This is kind of making sure that we have any pre-reading or we have you know, the appropriate room, the appropriate people that need to be there and so on are kind of set up. Those inputs are then applied in, into an agenda and that agenda converts those pieces into outputs. And there's a range of outputs. This is a continuum, right? When we're leading or participating in meetings, there are a range of outputs. On the left-hand side, those outputs could be kind of the worst case scenario, kind of prison food. I just realized that there's actually a thing called Nutri-Loaf and Nutri-Loaf is on the screen there on the left-hand side. It's what, it's what is fed to prison inmates, right? It's, it's not the best stuff in the world. In fact, it could be nearly toxic. And sometimes there are outputs that actually are toxic to the organization. And the other end of the continuum is this highly nutritious output that really helps the organization move forward. That helps, it's aligned with our mission, our values and so on, and it's moving us toward our results. And so if we wanna increase the quality of what we feed our organizations, what's necessary for us as leaders is we need to increase the quality of our meeting design. And it starts by being really clear on the outputs we're trying to achieve in any given meeting. Are we just producing activity or are we producing a high quality decision? Are we actually engaging people in the appropriate conversations to make sure that they're further exploring options that are necessary for them to do their jobs better and so on? So it starts with the outputs. Once we're clear on the outputs, we can then determine what essential inputs are necessary to achieve those outputs. And then what agenda, what list of timed activities is gonna be then available to us to convert our inputs into our outputs. And so if we wanna really get into high quality outputs, we have to increase the quality of our meeting design. And I'll give you an example. I can say to any of us here today, we're gonna to meet at Tuesday at 10 a.m. And that's all I can put on our calendars, right? We're gonna meet at Tuesday at 10 a.m. Or I can make sure all of us here that are meeting on Tuesday know that we're going to make a decision on making inroads on a more high quality process, a high quality product. The impact of our decision will be prior to the meeting, please review. So I kind of state the pre-work, kind of the inputs that are necessary, and we'll follow this agenda. And when we lead meetings in this way, where we're clear on the outputs, We've designed really thoughtful inputs and we have an agenda that's gonna appropriately move us into the space of converting those inputs into outputs. We're gonna be much more equipped to get to feed the organization with the outputs it deserves. High quality decisions, engagement, coordination, and so on, that's gonna accelerate us toward our results. And that's a really critical part of how we can be thinking about our role, making sure we see our picture, see our organization, our meetings as our kitchens of our organizations. The next one is around meeting only when necessary. And for those that are familiar with human energy and have seen some of our work over time, one of the initial things I can come to is just this idea of meeting design. And so this goes back to just a, a conversation a moment ago, just making sure we're, we're clear on our outputs first, 
but also that we're using meetings as the right places to come together. And, and we have specific reasons why we should be coming together to meet. And we believe those are making a decision, ensuring understanding and coordination, engaging creativity and team development. If it's anything less than that or outside of that box, it doesn't require a meeting. And it shouldn't be something that kind of eats up our calendar, eats up our clock. And so I think this is still a really important frame, a really important guide for us as leaders that we're doing this work. And I've actually been really inspired by a client of, of Hume Energies um, that's been doing some really outstanding work in the space of making sure that they have fewer, better meetings. This is an, a client that's based in East Lansing. Their name is TechSmith. And they've spent the last, you know, really two decades plus now thinking about how can they use different tools to have fewer, better meetings? How can they lean into asynchronous first, meaning they're coordinating asynchronously, not real time on some things that they can get ahead of first before they actually have a meeting? How can they replace one-way meetings such as town halls and do that with different technologies like screen capture and video share and so on that allow them to produce recordings and get those in people's hands especially if it doesn't require people to be in the same room or be in the same kind of space real time. And so they've been an inspiring kind of look at how to do this work better and making sure we're, again, we're reading, meeting for the right reasons. And if it isn't some of these things on the screen, we're kind of pushing it to a different mode, a different modality to kind of help people along and not take up their time with a meeting. And I do think as the world evolves and we're looking to get ahead as leaders, those leaders that are better equipped to get things done and be multimodal, so to speak, and use meetings when it counts and when they're necessary, but also have other technologies that they use like video, like screen capture and so on, are gonna be much more equipped to actually engage teams effectively and more effectively over time and not feel like they're holding us back because they're using time or burning clock that's not useful. And so I, I would encourage any of you leaving today that if you are curious about what you should or shouldn't be meeting on, there's some great resources you can even Google. This is one of those where you can even see what are what decisions should I be making when it comes to not meeting or what decisions should I be making when it comes to hosting a meeting. And they can be, these guides can be really helpful if you feel like you're, you're meeting unnecessarily today on things that aren't requiring people to be come together face-to-face -to -face or virtually. And the last thing I want to get into is just to kind of tease out this idea of we need to be intentional and inclusive. This is really critical, especially in this virtual space. And some important things to keep in mind is when we're in person, you know, this is a great time to make the most of team bonding and complex collaborations. So there was a lot of that in the chat to kick off our time today. Many of you recognize when things are complex or even high risk and require a lot of coordination, we should use that kind of space to meet and meet well, especially if we can do it in person. When we're hybrid, it's important that teams have access to technologies that they can show video and share video and all laptops are available to interact with peers. So even if I'm in person in a room, I should have a screen on my face so those outside the room can still see me and pick up on cues and body language and so on that's helpful to them to, for them to interact to them more fully versus kind of seeing me across the room and they can't really get at my body language and so on. So that's really critical. And then if people are in person and somebody can't join virtually, right, 
Um, it's important that everybody, again, kind of acknowledges that we can do better. We can create an inclusiveness by everybody carrying their laptop into the room and making sure it's cameras on so that, again, that body language, other verbal cues aren't lost. And the last piece I get here on this kind of uh, hybrid meeting practices, again, thinking about how to be intentional and inclusive is I can't kind of speak enough about the importance of trying to get agendas or trying to get discussion topics and questions out to people in advance. Many people in the world don't like to process real time. Uh, however, they have wonderful things to share and important things to share. And the more they can be presented with information in advance for discussion or questions in advance, it's really helpful to get those voices out in the room. I would offer it's important to vary when and when we don't use video and be intentional about when people can kind of take a break and not have to have that kind of on uh, setting every single time of the meeting, especially if it's not required. And this is importance around deciding roles and responsibilities. And while meeting facilitator and timekeeper might be something that we're familiar with and we've been relying on some of these things in past, uh, past weeks and past years, the two that I think are unique here are really making sure we do have somebody in a virtual setting, especially monitoring chat, especially if it's a larger setting like this one, uh, that can catch important comments, catch important questions, and bring those voices into the room. And then the other one being a summarizer. And it's really helpful, even when we're designing meeting agendas, to include a summary break in parts of your meeting agenda for somebody in the audience to summarize what they're hearing and what they understand about the decisions being made in the room. To catch that at periodically throughout the course of a meeting can be really critical to replay understanding and identify areas where there might be some misunderstandings or some miscues. And then we can follow up and make sure we share additional information that might be missed so that everybody's kind of staying on the same page at key points throughout that meeting session. And that summarizing role can be really, really critical to doing that work well. So with that, I know these are pretty quick hitting, but I just want to kind of replay again the three things that I think are really critical for making meetings work, for making sure that we're trying to be more efficient with our time to get the most out of the meetings that we have in place are to picture meetings as our organization's kitchen to make meetings count only when necessary. And lastly, to really be intentional and inclusive with the way we bring people in, especially if we have a variety of folks kind of out in the room and outside of the room, that's going to be a really critical way that we can kind of make sure the engagement, the uh, quality of information, the quality of conversation continues to stay high when we're dealing with, you know, multimodal kind of hybrid world um, and, and trying to bring the best voices and the best decisions and the best thinking into the room. That was Corey and making meetings work. He did a nice job of the summary there, so I don't need to recap that. But I will once again point you to the first Friday work sessions. If you've not come across them yet, then uh, I highly encourage it and uh, and check out the other resources at humanity.com. That was the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name's David Wheatley. For further information about Humanity, go to humanity.com or check out our latest book, What Great Teams Do Great, from all good bookstores. Have a good one. Stay healthy.